Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, so really quickly, today's audio is from one of our recent weekly YouTube live calls. So Yasmir, who you've heard on the podcast, who is part of Team Clever Girl Finance, and myself, we go live on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and this is a recent recording where we talked about emotional reasoning, the things that we tell ourselves and how those things impact our finances. And we wanted to share the audio on the podcast today because it was just so good. And also invite you guys to join us live if you are free on Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're on every Wednesday. However, if you are not free, you can always catch the replay on our YouTube channel and watch us have these conversations on video. And our YouTube channel is at youtube.com slash clevergirlfinance. So I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. We are going to be talking about emotional reasoning and the impact to your finances. And Yasmir from Team Clever Girl Finance is here with me. So let's get into the topic. Yes. So um, for those who are wondering, what is emotional um, reasoning? Is those thoughts that come into your mind that you're not good at something, um, despite there being facts um, that prove otherwise. So you make decisions based on those feelings rather than facts. Right. So emotional reasoning is basically when you're thinking with your heart instead of with your your head. And it happens to all of us. It happens to me. It happens to, you know, to people in the Clever Girl Finance audience. Nobody is immune from emotional reasoning. And it's when we know we want to do something, we know the right thing to do, but how we feel and what has been impressed upon us then ties into the emotions of how we make a decision. So I I don't feel great. I feel so happy, right? Somebody told me this negative comment. I'm not in the mood. So we have the decision that we know is right. And then we have the emotions on the other side. And then we allow our emotions to overtake what we know is right when we're making a decision. And sometimes it can negatively impact our finances when we are basing our decisions as a result of this emotional reasoning. Yes. So today we're going to discuss four ways that emotional reasoning um, affects our personal finance. Um, And the one that I uh, see a lot in the Clever Girl finance community is um, I'm bad with money. Um, Mm. 
people think that because they don't do something right, that they're just not good. Um, for example, um, let's say Tina um, made a goal to stick with her budget for the month of December. But then at the end, um, she goes way off budget and she'll feel discouraged and, and give up. Even though the previous month, November, she did stick to her budget. So that means that she's good at sticking with budget. But in her mind, she feels like, I can't do this. And she gives up. Yeah. Being bad with money is something that a lot of people feel. I have even felt that way, especially when you make a money mistake and, um, we reflect on that mistake and we see what went wrong or we allow other people to point out the mistake and we tell ourselves we're bad with money, that actually clouds the decisions that we make in the future because then we've built in this fear, we've, we've impressed upon ourselves our capabilities and we don't make the right choice because we've already told ourselves that we are bad with money. And I see this happen time and time again, right? And the key is really understanding that everybody is going to make mistakes. Nobody is immune to mistakes. I have made so many money mistakes, right? And you can make mistakes and still be good with money. And the key there is really reflecting upon the mistake, taking the lessons, understanding what went wrong, and then knowing how to apply it to your next step. So, you know, making mistakes with money, um, having a setback does not make you bad with money. Being the first in your family to achieve a financial, uh, to want to achieve a financial milestone um, and other people telling you that's ridiculous, you're so bad with money, does not make you bad with money. The progress counts. And to, to the to the example you made, Yasmir, with Tina, who had a great budget last month, but then slipped up this month, she's not bad with money. Life is happening and she's learning as she's going and she's not letting that slip up, um, hold her back or be a roadblock as she moves forward with her financial wellness. So being bad with money is something that we need to stop telling ourselves. So let's eliminate the word bad, even when our emotions mm -hmm. are clouding our judgment and telling us that we're bad. Let's, let's tell it, no, I'm not bad with money. I'm learning. I'm making progress, right? I'm taking steps. I am good with money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I find it's helpful that when you do achieve uh, a money goal, just to write it down so that it's in your mind. And whenever these thoughts come up, then you'll remember, hey, I did accomplish this. So this is just um, a setback for me, but I can I can get on it, recover, and and do it again. I, I love that so much. Keep a tracker of what you have done well. You save five hundred dollars, put it on your I'm great with money list. You paid off a debt. Keep track of what you're doing well, so that when you start telling yourself I'm bad with money. You can be like, wait a minute. No, I have this amazing list of the amazing things I've done. I'm not bad with money. I had a bad day. I had a bad week. I had a bad month. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. But I'm not bad with money. Yes. Another way um, that emotional reasoning comes up is um, quite often during um, work or when we're owning a business. So at work, um, we can go through imposter syndrome where feel like we don't deserve to be here, that they gave you the role to be nice, even though your boss compliments your work, um, says that you're doing a great job, you don't believe your boss. You just don't believe that, that, that you deserve it. Same with business. Um, you, you have a very successful business, but then you might say to yourself, I'm not deserving of this. 
And this can affect you when it comes to asking for a raise because you don't believe that you you belong in that role and you've earned and you work hard. That keeps you from from asking for a raise. Same for a business. It keeps you from from um, pricing your your services um, uh, uh, accordingly to to the value that that you bring. So then you end up just under um, pricing um, the service that that you offer. Yeah, and I would say that that whole feeling of being unqualified, not accepting compliments, not owning your success is something that women especially struggle with. Um, And maybe it's how you were raised, the idea that you should always be humble, the idea that some people have that men are better than women, women are not good with money, women cannot do this and that. And some women really find it hard to just accept the roses and to accept the congratulations and accept the compliments and accept the fact that they are successful when they've worked so hard. And I think this requires a whole mindset shift of really being able to um, be proud of what you've done. And I actually talk about this in my book that's coming out next year. That's called Choosing to Prosper. And I talk about just being being happy to showcase your success. This doesn't mean that you're bragging. This doesn't mean that you are not humble. It means that you are allowing yourself to be recognized for what you have worked so hard. And not just that, especially for women, you are giving other people that see you and and see you acknowledge your success, something to aspire to. Um, The truth is that most of us, we relate to we aspire to what we can relate to. When we see someone who looks like us, like another woman, another woman of color, um, et cetera, it's more relatable and it makes it more aspirational. And so when you own what you've done and you can showcase it to other people, this is not about being proud or bragging, whatever. You're actually inspiring somebody else. When you achieve that savings goal, when you you pay off that debt, when you negotiate your salary and you have a young mentee who is trying to also, you know, further her career and you're able to show her how you did it, that's a big deal. So like I said, it requires a mindset mindset shift where we are able to embrace the fact that we're doing well, right? Pat ourselves on the back, acknowledge the compliments, uh, be proud of what we what we are accomplishing. And it's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to hide. And if anybody's making you feel bad for doing well, you don't want that person around you, right? So you are not bad with money. You are not underqualified. You are not incompetent. You are not incapable. You are great with money. You are amazing. You are incredible. Um, I just wanted to add something else to that. Um, that we just have to be mindful of what we internalize because I I found it in my experience that when I do um, share my accomplishments, there'll be one person that'll make a, a comment, um, but you know that comment is a reflection of of themselves, and we yes. tend to internalize it without questioning it. So just be mindful of that. Yes, absolutely. Sometimes people will impress upon you 
their own truth or their own reality. But just because that is true for somebody else, just because that's someone else's reality, just because that person chooses to re- chooses to have their own mindset blocks doesn't mean that that relates to you, right? So uh, a very popular example is when you are the first in your family to do something and there's other family members or the first, first in your peer group or your friend's group to do something. And there will be somebody that will say, or you, you're the first who wants to do this thing. There was someone that will say, to say, well, nobody else has done it. Why do you think you can do it? Only celebrities do that. Only famous people do that. Only so-and-so do that. But that has nothing to do with you. That's based on what they believe is their own reality. So it's also being mindful of who you allow to impress their realities upon you, right? There's some people you just have to say, you know, what? I love you but your feedback is not for me. Or maybe, you know what, the next six months, I really need to focus on accomplishing this goal that I am the first to do in my family, in my peer group, in my office, right? And I'm not going to spend that much time with this person because their negativity is holding me back. Um, Andrea, hi, thanks for joining us. Uh, She said, correct your mistakes, learn from it and move on. Make sure to celebrate the small victories. And I would add and say, Allow people to celebrate you. Mm-hmm. It's so, so important. Um, analysts said 100% in regards to our conversation around raises. And as women of color, we too often don't ask for a raise or even if there's wiggle room, um, we don't ask when we get an offer. And that's that's very true. Women tend not to negotiate. Women of mm-hmm. color also more so. Um, and so, um, yeah, you have to remember like, this emotional reasoning, the way we allow our emotions to overtake what we know is right can actually hold us back. And sometimes that emotion is also fear, right? There are different kinds of emotions. We face anxiety, jealousy, um, shame, etc. But fear, right? If I ask for a raise, I'm not going to get it. I'm not good enough for this raise. It's too uncomfortable to have the conversation. But what is the worst thing that could happen? No. You can't get a raise and you keep it moving. Maybe you find a new job. Maybe you have a conversation in three months. Maybe, you know, but nothing happens. Nobody kills you. Nobody hurts you. It's just no, right? So fear is one of those really difficult emotions to get past. But when you start to feel afraid, think about the worst case. What's the worst that can happen if I choose to sacrifice and not mm-hmm. spend this money on miscellaneous, but put the money towards my debt or towards my savings? What's the worst? Those two scenarios, the worst that can happen is a positive outcome. You don't get the nice dinner, boohoo, but guess what? Your savings grows, your debt goes down. So it's all about, again, these emotions, we have to be able to recognize them so that we can counter them, right? The fear, the shame, the embarrassment, the feeling incapable. Start to catch yourself every time you are feeling emotional about money, right? And really maybe even write it down and say, what is the particular emotion I'm I'm feeling? And what steps can I take? What can I do to counter this, right? Tell yourself, I'm good with money. Tell yourself I'm capable. Um, you know, think about what what's the worst case thing that could happen when you start to feel afraid. So it's all about being conscious of how we're feeling, especially when it comes to our money. Amber said, I love this conversation. Finally able to catch a live stream and I'm learning so much. We love that you are here. <laughs> and Jennifer says she's watching us from France. Hey. <laughs> Analyst said book four. Yes, book four is coming next summer. 
So stay tuned for that. It's going to be exciting because it's a different kind of book. Okay, Yasra, let's keep going. Yes, another way that emotional reasoning comes up is while we're educating ourselves in personal finance, um, we don't know, we don't all know, like when we go into it, um, what is personal finance or the jargon, and no one's really expecting you to learn it in day one, but we're so hard on ourselves that if we don't get it the first time, we give up. Um, instead of trying, reading it, looking for other ways to learn the material, with whether it's reading a book or watching a YouTube or listening to a podcast, um, we, we close ourselves off from, from other ways to learn um, personal finance. Um, we give up and it, it's, it's a missed opportunity. And that's something that I see a lot. Yeah, and that can be particularly overwhelming, especially on social media where you log on and maybe you follow some different financial experts and financial influencers or just individuals and you hear them talk about, you know, their investing strategies and how they become a crypto millionaire and how this and that. And people love to show off and throw out jargon on the internet, on social media. And you're like, wow, I'm just starting here. I'm just trying to pay off my debt. And this person is already boasting about how wealthy and successful they are. Like, what's the point? And then you give up. Um, I think also some people tend to look at the big picture of finances. Okay, I need to save. I need to invest. I need to pay off debt. I need to figure out an investment strategy. What do I invest in? What bank accounts do I open? And like, this is just so much information. I just, I can't do any of it. And they kind of like shut down and dismiss it. But financial wellness, I will tell you that there's nothing wrong with starting at a finance 101 level. There's nothing wrong with learning basic finance. The reason why so many people are lacking in financial literacy is because there's this assumption that we should all know. We should all know what the stock, the bond, the ETF, the derivative is. We should all be experts in cryptocurrency. So let's not talk about the basics. Let's talk about the complicated stuff because we should all know. But that is a lie, right? We all have to start from somewhere. And learning what is a budget what is a stock, mm -hmm. even what is a bank account is perfectly fine. So it's okay to be at that 101 level. I remember when I was um, trying to teach myself how to invest, I would be on the subway in New York with investing 101 for dummies. <laughs> and I would have the book open like this <laughs> and people would give me dirty looks. I'm like, look, I'm trying to learn, right? And so there's no shame in your game when you're trying to pursue financial wellness. And I think when it comes to tackling that overwhelm, just tell yourself, what is one step I can take today, just today to improve my financial wellness? Mm -hmm. It could be picking up a book at your library. It could be following a social media account that makes you feel comfortable learning about finances, like Clever Girl Finance on Instagram. It could be um, reading a few pages on your personal finance book, listening to a podcast, watching a YouTube video, joining a live stream. What is something small? Transferring money to savings, putting $100, $50 on your debt. You've made progress. You've improved your financial wellness. You're increasing your financial literacy with the small steps that you take, right? We all went through grade school, you know, middle school, high school. We all went through that educational process over 12 years, right? So don't expect to, to college, PhDs, for those of you who have advanced degrees, don't expect to just become a financial master in, in 35 minutes or in, in one night or in one week, right? 
give yourself time, give yourself grace to learn Mm -hmm. and think about instead making the small steps, the small progress. So that's my spiel on that. (laughs) Catherine, thanks for joining us from Liverpool. Mwawatu, thanks for joining us from Malawi. This is so exciting. Andrea says, you cannot measure yourself against someone else. That is so true. You are on your own journey, your own path. Uh, People have a lot to say, especially on social media. A lot of times it is smoke and mirrors, um, but... Don't forget that you have your path, you have your journey, and you can make your own progress on your own time frame that works for you. Um, I was just reading Amber's comment. Um, it looks like it disappeared now. Oh, she says um, that's so true about feeling overwhelmed by so much information and just starting at one-on-one is important. Yes. 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 There's very, no very shame. important. Not giving up. Yeah. There's no shame in starting at a one-on-one level. None. And if anybody's trying to shame you, you know what? Just hold your book up. Like, what? No. (laughs) I'm learning. You're not. So. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And um, the last one um, that I'll mention where emotional reasoning um, pops up is it's in the thought that we can achieve Abundance. We can live an abundant life. Um, so we we doubt ourselves um, for many reasons. Um, like I can't do this. I, I don't have the income. Um, I I don't have the knowledge. Even though there are people um, like you and I that have achieved those those um, goals and of living uh, an abundant life, we tend to ignore those or say no, that's for them and not me. So then we miss out on the opportunity um, to create that life that that we want and deserve. Yes, this is another big one, not believing that we can live an abundant life, not believing that we can achieve that goal because it seems so far into the distance, not feeling that we can save or that we can pay off debt. But the truth is that it's all about creating the plan and working the plan. The steps are not miraculous, right? Going on a budget, working on your discipline, cutting back, increasing your income, investing, blah, blah, blah. The steps are not, they are the steps. They're not rocket science. In fact, they are simple steps. The challenge is ourselves. And being able to commit to the process and being able to take the journey. But the testament is 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 so far and wide that we can live in abundance because every day we see other people do it. Like Clever Oil Finance Podcast is always an episode of a success story. So many women share what they have done, how they have done it and how they got to the other side that if you create the plan and work the plan, the abundance is inevitable. You just have to trust the process. And sometimes you get caught up in how accelerated the process is for other people. But for everybody who their process to financial wellness seems accelerated, there are other people that it was not accelerated. And sometimes we only see what other people want us to see. We never see their true struggle because they choose not to share it. So remember about being on your own path. And there's also the fear as it relates to abundance that you get to feeling abundant, but you can't maintain it. What if something happens? What if I lose it all, right? And you kind of put yourself into this place where you stop pursuing further abundance, you stop pursuing further wellness, or 
if you are working on your journey to achieve your abundance, you just pause because it's like, I can never do it. But you you really have to remember and look around you and see that it is possible and people are doing it. And there's no reason why you cannot be one of those people because you created the plan, you're working the plan. And yes, life will come with setbacks, right? But I face this... Um, I face this fear of abundance, especially when it comes to losing it all. And sometimes I even get irrational with myself. Like, what if all this disappears? And I have to remind myself, wait a minute, you know, you have this buffer, you have this buffer. And even if all of my buffers disappear, guess what? I am able-bodied. I am healthy. I can go out and work and recreate my abundance. So, Embrace abundance. Believe that you will achieve it because you can. And if it's something that you struggle with, surround yourself with success stories. Surround yourself with motivational stories. Surround yourself because they're like when you think about the abundance you want to achieve and you look at what some other people have accomplished, you realize that, wow, my abundance, my idea of abundance is not even that big of a deal. Right. Look at such and such and so and so, right? And this is not comparing yourself to others. This is seeking motivation and being inspired by what other people have accomplished, right? Knowing that you too can achieve the things that you desire for yourself. So you are capable of achieving abundance. Our minds play all kinds of games with us, right? And when that when that emotion comes in, it's like, oh my God, we've all felt it. Like, we can't do it. We're not good enough. Who am I? Imposter syndrome, all these different feelings. Um, but like I said earlier, it's about recognizing when we're feeling these feelings and understanding how to counter, right? I cannot achieve abundance. Who am I not to achieve abundance? I have my plan. I'm working my plan. Here's a list of things that I, I have accomplished so far. All I have to do is keep staying focused. Look at all these incredible women who have achieved all these different things. Who am I not to be one of them, right? You have to constantly remind yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that idea. And that's something that I personally do. Um, I, I follow inspirational women that have come a lot and I visit their pages almost on a daily basis because I want to keep inspired because there's a, a lot of things or a lot of people messages will get messages that say no you can't do this um, yeah. because of your social economic status or your race so I, I just like I just love it to go in those profiles and see a, a woman that looks like me doing great things and that keeps me motivated so I really really love that um but the last thing I I wanted to say uh was that um we all go through emotional reasoning it happens um but there's ways to combat it and um the best way to do that is to just pay attention to those thoughts that come up and question them and back them up with facts like is this true and um, it's it's hard to do at first, but the more you do it, the more um, you you get better at it. Um, another um, thing you can do is find a trusted friend um, that can help you sort of figure out those thoughts, um, and they can help you find those 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 things that will contradict those thoughts. Also, um, professional mental. Um, health expert also can help you with that. So um, don't don't be afraid to seek that out. 
Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up seeking help. There's no shame in seeking help. Sometimes there's a stigma of people who want to seek help and they're, they're judged by friends or family because they're seeking professional help or guidance to get something done, especially when it comes to mental well-being. And I will tell you, there's no shame in that. If you need someone to talk through a situation so you can deal with these emotions and you can better be self-aware, then that's what you need. And that's what you should do regardless of what anybody thinks. And you know what? You don't need to tell all these people all these things that you're doing, right? Especially the people who are not there to support you. Um, so I love that you you brought that up. Yeah, so um, that's all I had for today. I hope everyone enjoyed our conversation. Yes, um, I think this emotional reasoning, self-awareness and how it ties into our finances is something really important and it's worth revisiting. You know, I'm constantly working on my self-awareness and those negative things that um, I tell myself or I allow myself to tell myself and finding ways to counter them. So I hope you guys have found this helpful. Just a quick reminder, our, our annual goal setting call is coming up December 29th on a Wednesday. I think that's a Wednesday at 8 p.m. We can make it a pajama party, but we would love to see you there because we're going to sit down and break down our goals for 2022 so that we can make it our best year yet. And so we are going to be live on YouTube for the session. If you are subscribed to our newsletter, you're going to get email reminders with the link. Uh, if you are not on our newsletter um, on our YouTube channel right now, youtube.com slash clevergirlfinance. You can actually set a reminder on the event that is currently on our page. So we would love to see you at our annual goal setting. We do it every single year um, for the last four years, I think. And there's a couple thousand people, a couple thousand women who join us. So it's going to be amazing. And we can't wait to see you guys there. Um, thank you so much for joining us and for tuning in. And we will catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.